Suicide Logs, Suicide Logs, episode 113. Uh, just realized that I had fucking allergies today. I didn't, I kind of forgot. I took a Zyrtec, but, um, my fucking sinuses are acting up and I still feel a little congested. I don't know what the hell's going on. We've got fucking people dying in the background and shit like that. But today I had a real estate agent on. His name is Job. He also has a podcast called Decent Takes. You can find him on Instagram at Decent Takes. Um, I don't. I think. I think they're on YouTube and all of that stuff. But uh, he answered a lot of my questions. And for those of you who've been listening to my show the past couple of months, I bought a house, and you know, I had questions, and I and I've shared my experience with buying the house and and going through escrow and all of that stuff. And you know, just wanted to just wanted to drop whatever advice there was for people out there. And just kind of talk about the game, just the game of real estate. Um, and yeah, it was very interesting. We had a lot of fun. He's a really cool guy. And if he lived in California, I would make him my real estate agent too. And if you're out in the Arizona area, I'm sure you can hit him up. Uh, so anyways, I present to you Jav from Decent Takes. Hey, we're going to hit you with the bars real quick. Hey, quarantine life, but my flow still sick. If I had a mate, I have a make your lemonade. And I don't need to get laid, so don't be afraid. Girl, I get paid, but I'm in pain. Kind of like Wayne, first name Bruce. Where the hell's I made with a goddamn juice? Every day's the same, deja vu. Bring in the wine, yeah, bring in the zan. Pump up my songs, yeah, let's do a dance. You the kind of girl that made me cancel my plans. You the only girl I let a pay for only fans. Driving. We're going, man. I'm I'm here with Jav, real estate agent from um, the Decent Takes podcast. How you doing, yes. man? Th- thanks for coming on. I appreciate your time. Oh, of course, absolutely. I've been doing good. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm excited. This is a uh, again first time doing a show on Zoom, but this is also, I think, the first guest I've I've had on here where I actually really took the time to write some questions down. Oh snap. Uh, so Pressure's usually on. like, I, I, I don't really try to pressure myself on my show to like get like a certain agenda out or anything. I usually Absolutely. just have people on and we will talk for an hour and whatever comes out, whatever comes out. And if that happens, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm fine with it too, man. But I'll, I'll give you the floor to just kind of like, you know, introduce yourself on your behalf and everything if you'd like. Yeah, for sure. So I'm Jav. I, uh, I'm the host of the Decent Takes show. Uh, co-host that with one of my very good friends, Davey. Um, he's the less likable of us two, but that's okay. We all need, we all need one of those, right? Right-hand man. Uh, <laughs> sometimes I wish I didn't. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> so as you know, I'm in real estate. I uh, started being a realtor last year in the middle of the pandemic. So I got to learn a lot pretty quickly. Um, but yeah, pretty much an open book. So whatever you ask, I'll try to give my absolute best answer to Okay, and anything off, I don't know, I'll just go, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> off, off the riff, off the riff. Um, I didn't write this one down, but do you have any, like, is there anything you learned in your one year of real estate that made, like, what is the thing that sticks out the most that makes you kind of like, damn, I would have never known about this if I never got into this business or um, something you wish you had known even before, like just yeah. something that you think that sticks out. I don't know. Yeah, I would say the biggest thing in real estate is that there's a lot of snakes. Mm. There's a whole lot of snakes. I mean, just from so many different angles, just how how intricate real estate actually is, is something that I don't think anybody knows when they're going to buy a house. They're just like, I got this guy who's showing me houses or this girl who's showing me houses. They're going to find me a house, but they don't realize how much power you're putting into the hands of someone else. Mm hmm. I definitely understand. Oh, one thing about me, um, the reason why I'm super excited and interested to have you on my show, and I'll take it that you don't really know much about my show and you probably see the name like, oh, Suicide Logs. What the heck is this about? Well, I've I've listened to a few. Oh, for sure. I've listened to a few. Yes. Oh, I appreciate that. Didn't even ask you to, I don't think. (laughs) No. Well, because I was like, Suicide Logs. It's like, oh, I'm going to another sad show. And Ah. then, (laughs) no. And then I, I listened, I was like, Oh, wait, this isn't exactly what I thought it was going to be. This is just like open forum conversation, different people. Um, and then also just some real topics being hit too. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. I love it, man. So I'm, I'm a little familiar. But, but, but back to my question. Um, so, so what, when you, you're talking about snakes, 
Oh, oh, and one thing also that I forgot to mention. Yeah, I'm so excited because I had just bought a house. It's something that I've been talking mm. about on the show for a while. This is my first house. Um, and I, I kind of hear you on the whole like who to trust with with because your realtor really does have a lot of power over you and things Absolutely. like that. And yeah, I think the journey that I had with my realtor was about nine months. Mm. And um and to be honest, I probably could have bought a house sooner than nine months, but it was just like, you know, just, just being really patient and, and, and it was hard to earn my trust and things like that. So absolutely. And it should um, be, it absolutely should be, um, because it's going to be the biggest purchase that you'll make in your entire life is your home. Mm-hmm. Um, well, most people, I mean, obviously there are other people who make millions upon millions of dollars, but for us, normal people, um, the, the biggest investment, yeah, the biggest investment we're ever going to make is going to be in a home. And so you have to trust the person. And sometimes it's going to take a lot more than just fancy words in a nice suit. Right. What are, that. what are some telltale signs of like, all oh, this person's a snake. You shouldn't trust them. I think I've like read up on it a couple of times, but if maybe if you could refresh my memory on like, what are some things to really look out for that most of the time, if this realtor does this, then they're probably a snake. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to really know based on certain signs, but a few things that I've seen, um, especially on the buyer side. So there are two completely separate sides of real estate is the buy side and the sell side. So since you just bought a house, let's talk about the buy side. Um, one of the biggest things is if your realtor asks you for money up front for anything for them, like a deposit with them to stay with them, that's a red flag mm. because the buyer doesn't pay, um, their agent, the yeah. seller yeah. pays the agents. Exactly. Yeah. So I I've had people that I've been working with that were like, yeah, I was working with another realtor, but they wanted a $4,000 deposit. I said, wait, stop in your tracks. Hold on. What? They wanted a, what from you? You want mm. They wanted money from you. For them to represent you, that's not how this works. Um, just taking advantage of uninformed people, you know? Yeah, it's ridiculous. And then there's another thing that does not, um, this one is actually like contract law, like you're supposed to have this document, um, but I don't use it before we make offers. It's a, a buyer broker agreement, right? Saying I'm working with this realtor um, and they're the one representing me on any contract that I sign. Right. Now, where this one's a little weird for me, especially, is that some people have their new clients sign that from the very beginning, hmm. which means that whatever house you buy, they can come back and say, even if they didn't help you, they can come back and say, well, I'm their realtor, so I need to get paid on this, even though I didn't do anything. Hmm. That's sketchy. Like, yeah. you have to have it signed to go under contract with a house, at least in Arizona, you do. Um but there's no reason that the, your client should have to sign that before they even know if they want to keep working with you. It right, just doesn't right. make sense. So it's like a way to like trap people into like an exclusive agreement that they may not even know what they're signing. True. And that's yeah, the thing. There are so many documents that you have to sign. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Many. Oh man. Trust me, dude. Like I, there came a point, you know, when I was first buying a house, I was just like, yeah, I'm going to read over everything. And then maybe by like day 10, I'm like, dude, I can't read 50 pages. I just have to just take the trust and just, and and things, and you, you should probably know too, because of COVID times, everything's digital signature now, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's just, uh, and it's just click to sign. You just hit that click, 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 click. And it shoots halfway down the page. And you're like, wait, what? And then it's kind (laughs) of like when you have an update on like iTunes or something, or Uh the uh, terms of service, you don't read. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I feel like that's all going to bite us in the ass one day. We're just like, oh, everything is just going to get leaked uh, on everybody. Like <laughs> all like for everything you've ever threw away in the trash is just not, it was never in the trash. It's, it's coming being back. posted on a social media that someone is specifically making for you. Oh yeah. It's just all going to get posted up and everyone's going to just, but I think that's going to, what's going to reset everybody. Everybody mm-hmm. just like all of their skeletons in their closets come out. And nobody can cancel anyone because it's just like, well, you did this and you did that. And everyone will just kind of be fine. But back to re- back to real estate. Uh, <laughs> do you, um, what was my question here? So like with COVID times and things like that, here's something that um, I don't know where I got this information from, but I, I want to like see if it's true. And, and sure. it might be different in Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm in California, by the way. Nice. Um, I'm surprised so- you didn't move away. Uh, I just don't have the funds for it. It's just like, you would kind of think that 
moving out of California would be um, like saving you money and stuff. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Sometimes when you're, sometimes when you're locked down, you're locked down. Yeah, it is what Uh, it is, man, for sure. Family and things like that. But, Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So my question is, uh, is it true that every time you go to show a home, are you paid for that? Like say if you no, no. Okay. For some reason I thought that like my real estate agent was getting paid because I I, I started feeling bad and let me know what you think about this in in the Mm -hmm. eyes of a real estate agent. Uh, I always felt bad checking out houses that I was like halfway committed to and was just kind of like checking it just to check it, you know, but I was also doing that just to kind of get a little bit more of a feel with my real estate agent. And also just like, you know, I always just kind of had it in my head, like, well, I'm paying him, you know, well, or like mm-hmm. someone he's working. So this is his job. I shouldn't feel bad for having this man do his job. Yeah. Um, well, so, so there are two sides of it, right? For me, when I think of buying a house, I know that a lot of the beginning process with the buyer is going to be throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Mm-hmm. Right. So we're going to look at these seven different houses that are all completely different from each other. And from seeing you in those houses, I'll know what you like and what you don't like. Right. But here's the other thing. Pictures are deceiving. You Mm -hmm. may think you're halfway in on a house and get into it and go, this is it. This is the one that I want. Or you might go into one that you thought you were going to love based on the pictures and then get in it and go, absolutely not. Yes. So our job is to help you narrow down those different types of houses and then find you the right one. If we're not showing you houses, we can't sell you houses. So as long as the person is legitimately trying to buy a home, then there's no hurt in going out and looking at homes because ultimately what we're doing is throwing stuff at the wall and seeing if it sticks. Like, would you, would, if you went into guitar center, cause I see you've been learning the guitar. Oh, thank you. And you asked, <laughs> the guy up front. Hey, can I see this one? Hey, can I see that one? Cause you know, like the ones that are up high and they're locked and you got to like get them unlocked and all that stuff. Right. Right. They don't get upset because you want to check out these different guitars because they yeah. know that you're trying to buy one of them, but in order to buy it, you have to like it. I you guess with just... the house is just so it seems so much more stressful than getting on the ladder. You got to drive to the place. Mm-hmm. You got to, here's but, all 1000 square feet. Here, let's look at this. Yeah. But here's there. the thing. They signed up to show guitars. We signed up to show houses. Right. That's right. the difference. But it, I guess it just kind of shocks me a little bit more because, you know, at Guitar Center, you're probably paid by the hour to do that. Mm-hmm. And so, like, but that's the life you chose. If you're going to complain about showing houses, then you're in the wrong industry. Mm-hmm. It's the most fun part of our job is showing houses. We don't want to be sitting at our computer doing paperwork. You know, I would rather show houses to somebody who probably won't buy any of them than to sit on my computer and make calls. <laughs> so, so that's your favorite part, huh? You love going out. For sure. Nice, nice. So, and is it, go ahead. What What were you doing before this, if you mind yes. me asking? Oh, not at all. Um, so for the past four ish five years, I've been working in churches, um, working with kids and uh, parents, and just kind of, you know, helping out being a youth pastor. And then there was a point in life where I was like, I want to help people. I want to help kids. I want to help families, but I also don't want to be in charge of anybody's salvation. What's the next best thing? Let's try real estate. (laughs) And then real estate filled that, that feeling of wanting to help people um, and it's more flexible and stuff like that. So that's kind of how that transition was. So natural for me was that just working with people is what I want to do. And it doesn't really matter what medium it's in, so to speak. Do you feel like real estate has, um, I wouldn't, uh, this isn't the right word, but I'm going to go with it anyways. Like we, it doesn't matter. Go with it. Weaken your strength in, in, in religion or if that or spiritually or anything, like, do you probably not go to church as much because, you know, church was kind of your job. Yeah. You... So, so there's a balance, right? Um, what's your favorite fast food restaurant? In do you eat fast food at all? In okay. Cause you, you, you seem pretty fit. So I'm like, I don't even know if this dude will ever go to fast food. <laughs> no, dude, I run <laughs> off fast food. <laughs> yeah i i just had in and out literally 30 minutes ago nice um nice so in and out's great but what if you're eating that three times a day i think i'll be all right i always think about you, if you would i think that right now would i get sick of it <laughs> I and, you, and you you'd eat it every day and after a while 
I promise you, it probably started not be as good. I worked, I, I was the general manager of Jersey Mike's. I ate Jersey Mike's two to three times a day. And for the first like three months, it was everything is my favorite thing in the world. And then all of a sudden it started to get old. Right. So I think that if anything, uh, not working in the church has freshened myself and kind of let me see things more clear because church, spirituality, religion, all of it became so transactional from working in the church for so long um, that I think it was probably the best possible thing I could have done to, you know, maintain good faith is to not be in the church seven days a week. What are you in? Are you a Christian? Yeah. Okay. And, and, uh, you know, I, like I said, I've listened to your podcast with Christina and I know a little bit about your, like your past and stuff. Like I was just telling my girl about like the story about your mom and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, were you raised with religion or do you feel like you found religion? Found it way later in life. How old? 16, 17 when I actually believed it, you know, I mean, I had been introduced to church by my grandma when I was 13, 14, but it was all show and theatrics. Like it wasn't anything that I genuinely believed in. Um, and even in the 16, 17 range, it was something that I believed in, but didn't really know how to execute, uh, how to live in that. And then jump straight into working in a church, still really figuring out spirituality for myself because of the stuff that I've gone through. Um, faith, faith can become pretty shaky. Religion can become pretty shaky and you're like okay everything happens for a reason but also i can't think of one possible reason that this would happen um so it's really it's really it's really been a roller coaster of up and down up and down sometimes i'm like on my high horse like let's go do you believe in jesus christ the savior of the universe and then the next day i'm like i don't even know man like (laughs) it's such a roller coaster i saw a funny joke the other day someone was just like and I never thought of it this way. I never thought of it this way. Someone was like, you guys really think Jesus is going to like want to resurrect and see a million crosses everywhere? You, you got, y'all going to give him PTSD. <laughs> I never thought I of never it even that thought way. about that either. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> like, what if he just like comes back reincarnated with like no memory and then he sees all the crosses <laughs> and it just comes back. He's like, oh my God. Um, but okay. It's like I a do- happy death day. Have you ever yeah, seen that movie? <laughs> I have seen that movie actually. And they like, when I see those kind of movies, I always like automatically, if I'm going to rate it on a scale of one to 10, I'm going to knock points off and have a higher expectation of that kind of movie because Absolutely. it's like, it's already been done. Like there's actually a good movie that I saw on. It's only like a 30 minute movie with uh, Joey Badass. It's mm-hmm. called um, Two Separate Lives. And it's basically like a happy death day movie. But um, the story is basically he's getting killed by the police and just every, oh, no matter every single time he wakes up and tries to avoid getting killed by the police, it happens. What so is, cool. it, is it on streaming? It's on Netflix. It's on Netflix. Perfect. I'm you know who Joey Badass is? Of course I do. Bro. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. But uh, one more question, I guess. Well, I got a bunch of questions. I don't know yeah, how yeah. long we've been talking, like 20 minutes, whatever. I, I, I like you, man. I, I like don't you know. Too, like. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good conversation but i'm trying to stay on track because i know like once time runs out i'm gonna be like i just talked to a real estate agent and all we talked about was uh like politics and shit and religion <laughs> and happy that day yeah <laughs> yeah but so with your job like i just based off of everything i heard if i were you this is just like from a business standpoint mm-hmm. and how your life seems to be kind of like lining up i think it'd be like a really cool idea if I, I haven't even asked you like how, what's it like the struggles of making money and things like that sure. of a real estate agent, but let's say like maybe one of your dreams or goals, which is what I was going to ask, but let me take a stab in the dark. Like, would you want to like cross real estate and, and um, working at churches, if that makes sense, like own your own church? Um, yes. And no, I flirted with the idea. Um, but ultimately I never want to ever be financially dependent on a church again. Um, so I think if anything, I could angel invest in a church or something like that, where I'm kind of giving to it and keeping my hands off of it. Cause things get a little biased when you have your, when you have your money in something like that, you know, I like that do it my way. Like I'm the one funding this. Like, I don't want to ever get that type of ego. Nothing. I don't think I would, but you know, you become internally biased no matter what you're doing when your money's in it. Yeah. I feel like you, you, there'd be a lot of like guilt 
that, that oh, would come in. Yeah. And I'm not even really a religious person. Yeah. Um, but I feel like if I were to be preaching something and then just also be like making a living off of it, it just sounds very. It's difficult. It's, it's so almost, hard to separate the two. It's almost like my podcast, dude. And I, I, I'm sure I'm going to like announce it a little bit before, but I got like my first real sponsor and everything Congrats, where, my I could, dude. where I can tell people, Oh, use my promo code, get 20% mm -hmm. off of this. Like I'm super excited about it, but I don't want to be like, I don't know. I try to be as real as I can on this podcast. So I don't want it to turn me into just like a, a fucking walking advertisement or something, you know? Well, I mean? you know, you know, the best thing that you can do, Mm. is when you accept the sponsorship actually use their products oh yeah and then it's so much less about you making money and it's so much more about sharing something with someone else and that's the thing i'm excited for this product and i'm trying to keep it on the down low not to be like a mr hollywood kind of guy but more <laughs> like how do i why am i keeping it on the low i don't i don't know i guess it's just like i want to wait until i'm legitimate like everything's finalized and stuff yeah I get your timing right yeah yeah. yeah yeah like actually i wanted to make some episode. i haven't even like hyped you up or promoted you or anything i i not even <laughs> like a story of saying that i'm having you on and half of that is just me like being busy and the other half is just like i don't know i don't like it what if it doesn't happen you know like that I don't, is I don't... the biggest thing dude yeah. people announce guests all the time and then that guest backs out and you're like mm -hmm. oh just kidding dude we're not having him on yeah like yeah. i get that a hundred percent so like i was if i were to make an episode and be like yeah we're gonna have a real estate agent on and i talk about what i want and all this but then here we are but that's good <laughs> i really like that answer man that's like I, I feel like based off that answer, if you're being as honest as you can, man, that's like a really, from what I, it's like a good morale, morale. Yeah. You Cause seem my, like you've, you've got it. My thing is I, I, I do fantasy football every year and mm -hmm. I have my money in fantasy football. So I'm wishing ill intent on players that are not on my team. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, I, I, I'm so passionate about my money sometimes that I'm like, I just wouldn't want to mix the two like that. Right, right. Are you uh, are you into cryptocurrency? Uh, hella, hella, very <laughs> much so. <laughs> are you into it as much as you are in 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 uh, real estate? No, <laughs> but the more money I make in real estate, the more into crypto I'm gonna get. <laughs> so is is real is your job in real estate? Are you like? Is this your main bread and butter, like source it's of my income? only it's, it's my, yes, it's my main, it's what keeps the, the lights on. And, and I, when I jumped into real estate, it was my only job. Like there was no other source of income coming in. Of course I have my crypto sitting, but you don't really want to touch that and some mm -hmm. passive income coming from music. Um, but other than that, real estate is what keeps the lights on and keeps the roof over our head. So got it. And, uh, I don't remember from when, when I did my research on you, like, who do you live by yourself? Do you, what so is your living? And, and I'm interested in a real estate agent's living situation and your living yeah. situation goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm married. We, we own our house. Uh, we've been married for almost going on three years this year. Nice. Um, we bought our house two years ago. Um, so the biggest thing in real estate for somebody who was going in as an agent is trying to find the balance of I need to make money, but I also need to go home too. Mm -hmm. My wife's in grad school, so it makes it a little easier because she's super busy. So when I'm super busy during the day and she's super busy at school, it works out that we're just both home at night. Um, nice. But I know that in situations where like, let's say you had a wife or a girlfriend or a boyfriend or a husband, whatever you're into, um, and they don't work all the time or they're not in school all the time, it, it could be tough for you to be gone all the time. God. So yeah, that's something I, that I'll have to face later on in life with kids and stuff like that. Um, but as of now, it's just us. Uh, she has to graduate school first because like <laughs> she's always gone and I'm always gone. If we had a kid, we'd be like, uh, who's going to watch this kid? I, I believe you're a little younger. Let me guess. Are you 24, 25? Yeah, I'm exactly 24. Oh, cool. Cool. Turning 25 this year? No, or? next year. Oh, okay. January. Okay. Okay. So um, yeah, man, you've got the rest of your life ahead of you, dude. Like you could literally so have much kids. Time. Well, 
I don't know how old your wife is and stuff in that whole Same biological. Age. Yeah, there you go, man. Like yeah. you could have kids like in your mid thirties, early thirties. You <laughs> You're have... about to say, I don't know how much time she has left. <laughs> hey, you could be dating a six year old. I don't know. I don't know anything. I forgot that you were married. I don't yeah. know this stuff. <laughs> You're, so, it doesn't help that I don't have any social media other than right, Twitter. Right. That, so it was that hard for help. me to remember your name. I was like, I got to go to the pickles and podcast pickles and vodka. I don't know why I keep fucking saying that. Like, dude, you said at it at name. the beginning of that episode and I yes. laughed so hard. I was just, <laughs> dude, I did a podcast before that. I was so mentally drained and I was almost embarrassed with that episode because I was dude, just you, like, it, No, it was great, man. It was oh, funny. I learned a lot about it. earwigs. My <laughs> earwigs. <laughs> learned a lot about that. Oh, okay. That makes it even funnier when I asked about, I don't even know what I asked and you were like, hella. <laughs> like, oh my God. Where are you originally from again, bro? So I'm originally from Georgia, and then I lived in Michigan, and then I moved to Arizona. Okay. So I'm like this gross hybrid of the South, the Midwest, and the West. You're just slowly making your way to California. And then Pretty much. The closer you get to me, the more you sound like me. <laughs> Dude, the, when you... I first moved out here, the first when I heard somebody say hella, and I heard somebody say hecka, and I was like, oh, bro, I got to go with hella, because hecka sounds crazy. <laughs> hecka sounds like you fucking still wear a bib when you eat or something, right dude. <laughs> <laughs> how is real estate in in arizona would you feel like yeah. it's competitive or anything it's the most competitive it's probably been ever for arizona mm -hmm. um so here's the thing uh the current stats of the market are that there are 300 houses there are 300 more houses going under contract than there are houses coming onto market per week oh. So what that means is that inventory is continuing to drop and there's not right. enough coming back onto the market. So it's making it extremely hard for buyers to buy. Now, they're trying to correct some of the stuff by raising investor rates. So it means if you own a house already and you're buying a second home as an investment or just like a second house to live in, that interest rate is going to skyrocket. But the issue is that a lot of people that are buying second homes have cash. So that doesn't matter. Um, Man, where are they getting so the cash like, from, dude? from california they're selling <laughs> they're selling their garage in california for two million bucks and then buying a single family home for 500k mm -hmm. in arizona um, so you think more people are just moving to arizona and that's why the supply and demand is kind of going up and down yeah so so part of it is that interest rates hit like an all-time low um so many more people were able to buy than ever but also because of the pandemic a lot of the states that were locked away for a lot of time are seeing how we're living in Arizona mm. or in Texas or in Miami, Florida. And they're saying these guys weren't on lockdown. So if this happens again, I want to be somewhere that I know I'm going to be able to go outside if I want to, even though there's a pandemic. And on top of that, people being stuck in their homes for an entire year are starting to realize that they don't really love the states that they live in. Mm. Um, and they don't love the house that they live in either. A lot of people who are moving are either uh, downsizing or they're getting a bigger house or a bigger backyard or they want a pool because they got stuck in a house for a year that they thought that they loved until they actually had to be in that house. <laughs> right. Like how the picture isn't always what it seems. Mm -hmm. And I guess that's what scares me with you asked me about moving out of California, man. If if I want to buy a house in Arizona, Kansas, or Texas, I got to, I got to feel out the neighborhood. I have to drive out there or fly mm -hmm. and that's money. So I and know from so experience here, they'll make like the, the worst neighborhoods and worst things look classy out here. And it's just yep. like, I laugh when I see it on Zillow or whatever. Mm -hmm. And here's the thing is that that's another big part of that trust is that a lot of my clients have been out of state clients moving in. In fact, I've had a couple of people that have bought houses for me that didn't see the house until after they owned it. Oh, that's so scary. That's that is so huge scary. trust. Like that is yeah. trust of the internet to say this place is safe or it's not. And legally, we can't say a place is like bad. Mm -hmm. Like we can't go, this neighborhood is rough. We can't say that as realtors. Because right. that's considered steering. So steering means you're trying to keep certain people out of certain neighborhoods and bring other people into other neighborhoods. While that may not be your intent, you can get sued for that. Yeah, it's like a, it's like a, it could turn into like a profiling kind of thing, huh? 
it, that is exactly what it is because that's where it comes from. It comes from the way that cities are so segregated now because years ago, even recently, okay, get all the black people over here, get all the Mexican over here, all the Asians over here. Let's keep this part white. And then let's uh, like, yeah. <laughs> like stuff like that. Dude, I, I saw a story that happened out here in California. Um, oh, I wish I knew the word for it. I think it's called red something. Redlining. Uh, redlining. Yeah. So like there was this, um, it was a black family. I don't know. Let's just go with family, black family that was trying to sell their house. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got it appraised and they just felt something fishy about like the appraisal of their house. Mm-hmm. So what they did is they, uh, they got one of their white friends to like remove all the pictures and put in white family pictures to make it look like a white person owned the house. And when they got it appraised by that same company or whatever it appraised for like half a million more and so they came out with their story and they're suing i don't know what happened with this happened maybe like a month or two ago but i never followed up that's crazy just yeah i mean it's a real thing there's still true discrimination in the housing market um in the lending market and no matter how many laws you put in place people will find a loophole around it what what is the actual definition of redlining just so people kind of um So I think that what we're looking at in this is redlining and also a little bit of blockbusting. Um, Redlining is pretty much is usually on the financial side where lenders, uh, appraisers, people like that are going to devalue a place based on the demographic of that area. So let's say a, a black family goes in to apply for a mortgage and a white family goes in to apply for a mortgage and they both have the exact same numbers that black family getting uh, pre-approved for 50K less because they're black or um, an appraiser going in and appraising a house low because there are a bunch of black people in the neighborhood. So you're basically putting a red line around a place, hence the word redlining and saying, mm-hmm. this place is worth less because of the demographic in that area. Damn. And then block busting would be like, um, you're Asian, right? Are you Asian? Yes, sir. I'm Asian. Okay. I didn't want to like mischaracterize you. My wife's Asian. So, hey, what we're kind of Asian. Uh, she's Filipino. Hey, me too. Hey. Um, I don't know what that means. <laughs> me neither, actually. I, don't, I think it means have a good day. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, let's say you, you were um, moving into a neighborhood and it was a predominantly white neighborhood. We'll just say that for the sake of the definition somebody would go to your next door neighbor and go, Hey, you need to sell your house ASAP because there's an Asian guy moving in next to you. And that's going to decline your value. So that's how those two things go together where they put the red line around the neighborhood saying that these type of people live in this place. And because of that, it's worth less to live there. Now, how do you combat that though? Like Uh, realistically, how do you combat it? Probably. Yeah. But I mean, spreading awareness so more people can mm-hmm. kind of like call people out on that shit because they probably thought they probably thought they'd get away with it and it, it's been done and they, like they did for years before. yeah yeah i mean i mean i literally like drive through california and you'll say okay this is a predominantly black neighborhood this is a predominantly mexican neighborhood and why is it like that it's because black people were approved to get houses in these places mexicans were approved to get houses in these places in these white neighborhoods where there's like maybe one black guy who looks like carlton from um <laughs> fresh prince of bel-air he lives there to be a little diversity play but they don't want right. him there oh man uh, speaking of like diversity that uh dude i used to work at hollister you know what hollister nice is? oh yeah it smells that, like hollister that was, every time you go in there there's no other my, way to say it that was one of my first jobs and they just had like i don't know if they're still like this or anything but during the time it was just all about being diverse they wanted to be like we're so not racist we've got a black guy mm-hmm. who works here but but when i worked there i had realized like even in the interview they want you to describe what diversity is to them but they just did that shit to, it seemed like, you know, what do I know? But it just seemed like they did all of that to cover their asses and they just stuck all the minorities in the back and then had yep. all the white people up front. But when you want to make it like a race thing or something, most of the time they'll be on like, it's not because of your race. You're just an ugly Asian, you know, or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> like, it's just kind of, where did I see that from? Oh my God, I'm veering off, but I guess- You're good. 
but uh, that's part of it. It's it's the same thing as that you see these types of behaviors in all different industries and how do we combat it? We don't want diversity for the sake of diversity. Mm-hmm. Like we don't want you to hire a black guy just so you can say that you have a black guy on your team or hire right. an Asian guy just so you have an Asian guy on your team. Um, yeah. There has to be a mix of giving everybody an opportunity, but also not choosing people just on their race in any direction. And sometimes that, that can go into uh, sex, you know? A lot of people will complain about, like, here's one of my, like, rebuttals to an argument that's always brought up is, like, we need more women in construction. We need more women in this and that. And mm-hmm. the joke that I tell sometimes, like, what if the women just aren't applying for those jobs? You know, what if like they, they don't want to work in construction. Yeah. And then they, they just always have to advocate with, did you know that men run most of this and that? And I'm just like, well, maybe it's because they applied for it. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. Like, I, I always hear that too. But what people have to remember, like, especially for me, is that some of the strongest people in my life have been women who have taught me the most. Like, my mentor in real estate's a woman who is the most successful realtor in our entire company. Like, <laughs> did you not, say you work for a big company? Uh, yeah, I mean, so I work for a smaller team on a huge brokerage. Got it. Uh, so that's something that other people also don't realize when they're buying a house is that your realtor is not only getting paid, but their team lead is if they're on a team. And then also their brokerage is getting paid. So there are a lot of people that are actually um, benefiting off of you buying a house. And you have to trust that bottom human because they're being trusted by somebody who's above them who's getting paid and somebody's above them who's getting paid so they're trying to make them happy while also trying to make you happy and sometimes their their priorities don't align yeah i i learned recently with buying a house how many gears are in motion and how many people like are working essentially for you but like Mm -hmm. there's a guy who's working for you who's working for him it's just there really is a lot of pieces that go into it. It's not like, and but it makes sense because it's one of the biggest purchases you'll ever make in your life. Mm-hmm. And if one person drops the ball, that creates a snowball effect that can okay. ruin a transaction. I had I had some pretty close calls and experiences with things like that too. Like um, what? Um, so like just something with like lenders and things like that when it came to like money. And like people were like really pushy to get money fast because mm-hmm. like um, I guess the, the best way to put it was the people that I was buying the house off of were also in escrow in another house. So they, oh. from, I mean, from what I understood, I just kind of put it together. No one actually told me this, but I think they needed my down payment for their house to pay for their down payment for the other house. And it's just like a ripple effect. So like I was late. And they were like feeling like, oh, we're late. The other people are going to get impatient. And then and then it kind of like triggered back to me where they were running mm-hmm. late. And I'm like, what's what's happening? <laughs> you know, think, think about the chain. Right. So person A is selling a house to person B. But person B needs you, person C, to buy their house in order so that they can buy person A's house. Yeah. So now you have three people who don't know each other, all depending on each other. And I bet person A was also trying to buy a house from somebody else. Right, right. <laughs> it's just and then they're buying a house off of you. But you got a podcast to do with me. It's just uh-huh. everyone plays <laughs> all a connected. factor. Uh, oh, yeah. My realtor was telling me a story about one of his clients that he met through Instagram. And they were just, I think they, their only form of communication was through Instagram, which already seems kind of fucking sketch, to be honest. <laughs> it's a little uh, weird. But then, like, w- I think they were like two, three days away from closing on the house. And, uh, the thing that killed it was that the lady that he was talking to on Instagram lied about being married or something like that. Oh, and it just yep. threw everything off. And yeah. it, like, I, she, what was she saying? I don't know. It was something along the lines of like, she's not married, but she really was married. And the husband was like out in Mexico or some shit. And I, I don't know. And she's <laughs> but, like relying on him to be a part of the process. And when he couldn't sign, those final docs, everything went down. Probably. Yeah. Dude, one time I, I, uh, one of my advice, advices that I gave on the show, cause I, I, um, I did an episode where I was like going through a course of like your first time homeownership and just mm-hmm. like answering the questions and shit, just to like put that info out there on my show. And I think I said on the show, like, 
I feel like the best way to prep yourself in buying a house, especially like when you're around our age and stuff is to buy a car first. That's like the closest thing to what you can get to with the mm. experience of buying a house, but just on like a way smaller level. Yeah. Only thing, only difference really is that a car is going to depreciate the second you buy it. Mm-hmm. Whereas a house is going to appreciate. I think more it. of a, Oh yeah. Buying a house is definitely more beneficial. I guess it's just like the process, you know? Yeah. As and, far as the process, for sure. You got to get pre-qualified for the car, make sure that you can make the payments and all those things. Yeah, for sure. And there's just like a lot of papers to sign. And there are tons of people trying to sell you cars. Cause once you say you're in the market for a home, don't post it to the internet. Cause every realtor and their mom is going to be calling. Heard you're trying to buy a house. Heard you want to buy a house. You want to buy a house. You want to buy it from you to buy it. Like it's insane. It's overwhelming. It, Oh, for sure. It is. I remember being in the process of buying a house before I was a realtor and I had like eight different realtors calling me. I was like, I've already picked one. Leave me alone guys. That's why I think that's why they make you sign that contract. So you're like exclusive to them. But here's my thing. Why I don't have people sign it up front is because if I'm not good enough to keep your business, then I should not be getting paid on it. But uh, maybe it's different in Arizona. Like, do you, you eventually need your client to like sign with you, right? In some sort When you're of offering. Way? Yep. When you're making offers. Okay. Yeah. See, that's my realtor did the same with me. I think we waited until it was time to, to make an offer and he mm-hmm. didn't really bring anything up about it. So that was one thing that I really, like, I got lucky. My realtor was pretty cool. Um, I'm there are to tons think. of great realtors. I, I, I really think that there are more good realtors than there are like sketchy ones, Yeah, but the sketchy ones do stand out. <laughs> I have a friend who's actually trying to sue his realtor. I should have got him on the show. He's, Oh like, Lord. He's going through something, but you know, to be honest, man, when I hear even his side of the story, it makes me kind of want to be like, it sounds like you did it to yourself. Like, I don't think you're going to win suing your realtor on this one. But it was like, honestly, most of the time, it has nothing to do with the realtor. They don't know who they're supposed to be suing. They're just suing the person that's uh, helped them with the house. It's kind of ridiculous. I think he he's just upset that his realtor made him sell the house for hella lower than it should have been. But it was like in a in a, it was in a way like he had to get out of the house and he didn't want to sell it or something like that. I don't know. Well, you have, you have the choice to not sell it for less. If it, if like it, if the problem was that it appraised low, they don't have to take the lower price, but if they do choose to take it, that's not the realtor's fault. That's just what the house is worth. And if you didn't want to sell it, you should have just kept it. I guess like, yeah, I, maybe here's more deal, uh, details into that story. Like he bought this house and this was like three years ago when houses were like $50 and they didn't shoot up. Yeah. So he bought it for a really nice deal, mm-hmm. I'd say. But maybe back then it was standard. Um, but I think he like, uh, he fixed it up. I remember like there was problems with the house, but he fixed it up. He had like friends paint it they and it looked really nice so you would think mm-hmm. it would add value to the house and me not really being in real estate looking at the house is like that house is like gotta at least be half a million like or yeah. at least and he didn't sell it for half a million so that's where it was just kind of like yeah that's fucked <laughs> <laughs> well so a lot of the things that people have to realize what actually adds value to your house and what doesn't mm. right so a lot of people love to personalize their home, mm-hmm. which is awesome for you. If you personally like Dungeons and Dragons and you like <laughs> anime, you like anime painted on your wall um, and you like upside down toilets and stuff like that. It may be great for you, but when you put it on the market, somebody's going to look at that and go, mm, no, that's not really my jam. I'm going to rip that out. I'm going to repaint those walls. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. Some things are just timeless, right? Yeah. Uh, but I, I think people- yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but a, a painted wall can be a good thing or it can be a terrible thing. I saw a house that was painted a different wall color in every room and none of it matched it, but it was fresh paint. Right. But that's not an right. upgrade that, that because really you painted your walls red. <laughs> I guess maybe that, that also goes into it too. It's like you have to do something that most people would like. If you if you are planning mm-hmm. on selling a house and um, or buying and fixing it up and stuff. So I don't know. I have these jokes. Cause like I said, I just bought this house and I'm lucky that it's, it's livable. Like there are things to fix, but it's not like, you know, you need a new sink or whatever. It's everything's fine. 
but they're like, I'll make jokes every time I do anything that slightly improves the house. Like last week I was filling up holes in the garage that they had from, I don't know, nailing shit up. And I was just, um, putting it up and everything. And I'm like looking at my girl. I'm like, I just added 70 K value to this house. And this whole, <laughs> just every little thing I do, we got, we need a new air conditioning, which might cost us like three K. And I'll be like, there, that's another hundred K value in the house right there. New air conditioning boy. That's a million dollar home right there. Let's yes, get it. Sir. It's, it's in California. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the thing is that everybody thinks that they're adding so much value to their home when a lot of times they really aren't. Uh, but sometimes they are and they don't realize it. And so you really have to look at what are the things that are literally adding value to my house and what are things that I'm just making aesthetically different for myself. And it's okay to do things for yourself. Um, but from a selling standpoint, let's say you're going to market, let's say you want to turn around and sell your house. You're, you want to go to market in a month. What stuff do you need to fix? What stuff do you need to change in your house? And what stuff is fine? Like it is because you're not going to get more money for it because you did it. And that's the conversation people need to have with their realtors. Um, because I've had people who are like, oh, I'm going to do this, this, and this. And I'm like, you don't need to do any of those things. Like, mm. don't do them. You're going to waste your money because you're not going to get more money for doing those things. What are, what are the top, like, get, I, I'm going to give you some examples of things that I, I think really add value to the house. And you mm-hmm. let me know if I'm on the right track or not. Sure. Go ahead. Um, okay. So maybe like a new roof. Cash. Yeah, I think that's something <laughs> that is um that's good. I think like a new paint, but new paint in like a neutral color that's safe just to have the fact like just to add that there's been new paint onto the house. Mm-hmm. Good paint, uh, well done, good. Um what flooring is problem? big. Yeah, what do you what do you what what's better, carpet or no carpet to add value into a house? So so okay, so no, uh, hard, hard floors will add more value than new carpet will only because carpet is so cheap, mm, but okay. good carpet is better than bad floors. Right. Does that make sense? Uh, what's a bad floor, like termites or something? No, like, a unpleasing floor. Oh, like, like, so, oh, like it doesn't look nice. Okay. Yeah. You know, like that really shiny fake wood. Yeah. A lot of people hate that. Really? They would rather have carpet than the fake wood that gets scratched up and looks ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and a lot of people go, I'm going to put hardwood floors in my house, which are super nice and super expensive. But at the same time, those things scratch so easily. Like if you have pets and stuff, you're going to destroy those floors. Mm. Um, granite or quartz countertops is always good if you're going from laminate or like a Corian countertop. Okay. N- new cabinets are always a win. Um, okay. fixtures are awesome as long as they're aesthetically light pleasing mm-hmm. light fixtures I, I ceiling fans i changed um the light fixture in my front porch to like a like a motion sensor one and that that old one looked horrible it had a dim mm-hmm. bulb and shit and then I, when i was unscrewing it i dropped it on the floor and it shattered and i was <laughs> of just course like you oh did. I have to fix this now. I can't yeah. just start. So I had to play electrician and like tie the wires and shit. And now isn't I that always the this. most fun? It isn't. That was like my first time <laughs> doing something like that. I had a story real quick with like my best friend. He, uh, when we were kids, he discovered that when you plug something into the outlet and your finger is touching the metal part, you're going to shock yourself. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to feel it. Oh my, of course you did. And uh, (laughs) dude, you know, like getting electrocuted is like, I don't know if you've ever been electrocuted, but it's like, it's like a vibration, but a a numbing vibration where you feel like your arm's going to blow off or something. Yeah. It's weird. It's a weird feeling. Next time just turn off the power. I did it once. And that was, I've never done it ever in my life ever again, but my friend's a psycho and he kept doing it and he took it too far and was like, Let's try and see what happens if I stick a screwdriver oh, onto Lord. this metal. And the whole fuse blew up. Uh, the power went out. The outlet was all black. And we're 10 years old. And we're just like, let's act like this didn't happen. And now that I think about that as an adult, <laughs> I'm like, that's 20K down in value right there, boy. <laughs> 20K you know? down, one dead outlet. I don't outlet. know if I want kids, man. This karma might destroy my house. You got you to gotta think. I don't know how you were as a kid, dude, but I did a lot of destroying as a kid when it came to houses you mentioned pets messing up the fucking 
floors and stuff, but you might yeah. have a kid. A kid can do just as bad for oh my sure. Goodness, dude. Um, a boy, <laughs> a boy. Yeah, kid? one little wild child. It yeah. will end. 200k off off the top <laughs> wow i feel That's really funny. proud of myself i went through i mean i don't know how much time you have left here but i i didn't even look at my questions but i feel like i hey. did a good you okay you answered that you own a home what, uh, what is your your game plan in five years you want to sell that house or are you happy with it so i bought a 1970 house and 20. it's got a 20 no, and I said twinning. I, I got this oh. I got a house that was built in that time too. Oh, nice. I thought she's I thought you were saying you got yours built in the twenties. And I was like, oh. oh I almost did. I almost did. Ugh. That's a whole other story. <laughs> <laughs> uh so the 1970 house, it has good bones. I like the structure of it. Um, so we had to come in, we had to paint it all. We're we're doing the baseboard soon. Um, paint the ceilings, take out a lot of the old fixtures. Just we're constantly doing new stuff to it. We got to do flooring and stuff, but it's livable and it's beautiful. Um, but we're constantly upgrading it, trying to make it better and better and better. Hmm. Um, so the five-year plan is that this house is perfect for me right now because I have my studio where I do my music and podcasting stuff yeah. on the opposite side of the house. So there's the house and then there's a garage and then attached to that garage is my studio. Uh, nice. which that's is a, why we got like this house cool are most houses hey, in arizona like that no they're all so different right okay. so um this house was perfect for where we're at right now now i don't plan on selling this house because i think that it's a great spot to turn into a rental which it was before which is why we we've been doing so much work on it mm -hmm. um because i think that having rentals creates passive income where you're not right. really doing much but you're getting paid and so after refinancing at this ridiculously low rate, I know that in two, three, four years, if we want to buy a new house, we can keep this one as a rental um, and have it make income to pay for the mortgage of the next house. That because ultimately, like I want at least five rentals that are going nonstop. And realistically, like, um, you know, maybe you, you're going to rent that house you're living in out right now but you, you know, you don't have it paid off. So it's basically, you're just having other people pay your mortgage for you, but plus like, some. Maybe, yeah, exactly. Plus some is mm -hmm. what I was getting at. And, uh, yep. let me ask you two more questions and then I'll let you get out of here, man. I, I appreciate your it. time again. Oh, of course. Um, and, and, and this question kind of ties in what I was just saying. Cause for me personally, like, uh, maybe like I have people in my life that have had bad experiences with people who rent from them, you know? Yeah. Um, it's just like, I don't know if I'm profiling here, but you know, a lot of people who rent. Yeah, black people. Oh my no, gosh. No, not black no, people. No, I'm just kidding. Just, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm profiling people who rent. You yeah. Know? And it doesn't matter if you're white, black, Asian. <laughs> I feel I'm trapping like, you. I'm you know, trapping you. <laughs> hey, man, trap me in. I'm going to ask the question. Uh, <laughs> do you think, like, uh, I mean, do you get what I'm saying? Because yeah, like, yeah, yeah, you for rent, sure. if you rent something, most likely you're not going to respect it. Like you own it, you know? And yeah, that's, you know, that's I was renting thing. an apartment before I lived here and I, you know, I did have that mindset of was like, I don't care as much because I'm going to mm -hmm. be out of here soon. You know? Absolutely. That's why, you know, hotel rooms are gross. Like yeah. you're, you're never going to treat a rental the same way that you would treat something that you own because you don't see that same value in it. Yes. Um, and so as far as what I'm looking forward to in the future, owning rental properties is that you have to heavily vet the people that you're allowing to go into your home. Um, and that's not profiling. Would that them. be like a job interview? Like, is that absolutely? That? Oh like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they have to apply and, you know, you have to see their work history and you have to see all these things. And of course you can't choose people based on their race or anything like that. Right. Um, however, based on where you place your rental, you can find the certain type of candidates that you're looking for. Right. So what I mean by that is not demographic. What I mean by that is I want a rental by a graduate school because I want graduate students to rent the house. I want to help grad students have mm. a place to live that's not going to destroy them. Or I want one in a family neighborhood where kids can have a backyard and then go to school and things like that. Um, so you're going to get that bad renter every once in a while. And if you come into your house uh, nine months, you know, they have three months left on their lease and you go in, you're like, oh, you are not treating my house well. Well, that's going to be the end of your lease. 
And it, can you like customize um, like your contracts with renters and stuff? Like, absolutely. Like uh, every six months I get to come in on a Sunday and check and see or something. Sure. Why not? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean it is your house. your house. Yeah. It's just crazy. It's so crazy to think of it that way. I don't know. I, I guess, you know, one advice that I got is like buying a house is, you know, you're buying a business. It's the only difference is, is that you live in your business. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. that, I guess that's my question a little That That's what I shared with you. I fear that when it comes to that stuff. And so like, what, what are your biggest fears in, in your line of work? Like, what is yeah. something that is like, I, everyone has stress about some kind of job, you know? Yeah. Like, what, what do you think is something that is like, ah, I don't know about this. <laughs> so the biggest stresses in real estate for me are number one is finding that balance of time and family time is that one day I'm going to have kids and I'm going to have to figure out how can I maximize how much money I make, but also be a good husband and father when that time comes. Uh, number two is that with these investment properties, how do I manage them and make sure that I'm being a good landlord while also protecting my asset, which is the home. Um, and then number three is how do I not let my honesty kill deals? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Because that's like, a big one. You would, it kind of goes with that balance thing of like, you want to be honest, but not too honest. And like, like every house, there's something bad with it there like, is. there's always something negative to a house and sure you can mention that but don't don't mention it too much to well here's the question that a lot off. of people ask okay. they ask would you live in this house yeah oh. and some houses i'm like this house doesn't fit my lifestyle so no but if i was you i probably would right like right. okay you're bringing me into this house that's uh 800 square feet two bedrooms one bath and I'm like, I absolutely could not live in this house because my wife would kill me for hearing me laugh for three hours straight when we were recording podcasts. <laughs> um, so this house does not fit me, but it may fit you. And that's not one of the hardest questions that people ask all the time is, and it's such a simple question is, would you live in this house? Right. Because I had, sometimes I have to say, no, I wouldn't. I had that experience <laughs> with my realtor. Like we had, we had a house that we were going to buy and we just felt so like, ugh. I don't know about this. And my, we were kind of like, uh, our realtor's not giving any input. Like, I feel like he should be looking out for us and tell us not. And he didn't tell us that, oh, I'm so glad you guys didn't get that house until after we told him we don't want it. But he was still like, mm. you want it, you want it. But he always was there to remind me that the ball is always in our court. But then after that was all cleared up, I was like, hey man, I encourage your opinion. I respect your opinion. And sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, as as a, a customer of a real estate agent, uh, for, for those of you out there listening, you know, let you, you got to communicate with your real estate agent, what you want as well. You, 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 you have to say what you want. They're not mind readers, man. They're real estate agents. Well, here's what I tell my clients when I first meet them. I tell them one, I'm not here to sell you this house. I tell them every time I do not care what house you get. All I want to know is that when you get a house that you like it. So I'm not going to coerce you or convince you to buy a certain house because it costs more, it costs less or this or that. I want you to make the best possible decision for you and your family. And I will just advise along the way as you would like. And if you don't want my opinion at all, I'm glad not giving it. And if you do want my opinion, I will give it. It's up to you. Just know that you're going to get the truth on either side. So beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. One more question. Let's do it. Um, if you could be working in anything else besides real estate, what would it be? It'd be music for sure. If I could go full-time in the music industry, wouldn't, wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Cause that's my love. My love is music. What my love is people. Um, so right now we're in this weird hybrid where I've learned how to play acoustic and some of the keyboard. And now I'm learning electric. So we do, we're like trying some more rockish stuff. But as far as like most of my portfolio is hip hop and pop music. Okay. Um, and we're just kind of branching out into live instrumentation and just trying new things. Cause you know, music, like you hear one thing and you're into it, you're into it, but then you hear a random song that you're like, wait, I kind of like this. I wonder if I oh, could yeah. do this too. And then you're yeah. like, okay, let's, let's get funky with this real quick. And the next thing you know, you're writing a country song, crying in the rain, like <laughs> <laughs> things change so quickly. Uh, but the main stuff is going to be hip hop, pop music. Okay. So is the, pyra- the pyramid be like, 
real estate, music, and then below that is podcasting. Would podcasting be like? Ooh, I don't know, man. Like podcasting has really changed the way I look at creation. Mm -hmm. um, I when I, when we first started Decent Takes, I kind of took a break from music for a bit because I was just pouring so much time into the podcast that now I've dedicated times every Tuesday, I record music with Maven and my producer, Will. And then every Wednesday, we record our podcast show. So like, I'm just trying to balance it because they're both so different. And I love them both so much that they may actually be on the same tier. It's just podcasting is in a way easier because I could just have a conversation instead of having to write a whole song. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's the name of your co-host again? I'm sorry. Uh, my co-host name is Davey. So is he also like in a band with you as well? You guys make music together? Mm -mm, nope. Oh, Davey okay. is literally the most untalented music person in the world. <laughs> Dude, I just feel like he's your fucking punching bag. He's he going to hear I'll, this and be like, <laughs> he is, I was the best man in his wedding like three months ago. Like that's my boy. Oh, uh, nice. But Will, who helps produce the podcast, he is my producer in music. I like mentor him on teach him how to do stuff. And he's in school for music. So he's like my, my, my other right hand man. All right. Beautiful, man. Yeah. Thank you for coming on my show. I feel like you, oh, you spread a lot of knowledge. Uh, you're welcome to come back on if you want to go for another hour talking about whatever the hell. Or I, yeah, dude, I'd love to down. be on your show, if even if you have guests or not. I don't even know. I'll try to make time to listen to an actual decent take show. Yeah, because you might listen to it and go, oh, no, I don't want to be on this. <laughs> dude, I show up and you guys are talking about eating foot crusts off people. <laughs> And that I'm was like, for patreon that was for patreon is... oh you're one of those <laughs> patreon guys as well huh we just so... we just launched our patreon where we do our bonus episode uh every week and the bonus episode is like way more raw kind of flagrant like yeah, you guys stuff profile that needs a little be... bit there more huh for sure it needs to be locked behind a paywall so we don't get canceled like <laughs> i don't know how long it's gonna be until i'm over here on on i don't know i'm still on the let's just give everything for free thing and then once i get yeah, the sponsor well... we'll see here's the thing you have to keep you have to keep great content um not locked behind a paywall because the only way you're ever going to get anybody to pay for anything is if they're already invested mm -hmm. and i'm going to give the free listener just as much attention but i'm going to give that paying person a little bit more uh content and uh yeah it's, it's it's been a it's been a wild ride but it's been fun so you know once you're a big shot hollywood mr sponsored <laughs> You might have to throw a few things behind a paywall and go, if you want a little oh, bit more of me, I need man. a little bit more of you. I don't know. I don't know. I might get into real estate. I don't know if I have that in me. <laughs> Let me know. I got your back. Appreciate you, sir. Yes!